Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. Welcome to November 2021. We are about to bring a year to its completion. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams, and I am so honored to be here with you today. And today we are focusing on gratitude, the gift of gratitude, for gratitude is truly a gift. It is a gift that we give each other. It's a gift that I give to the people around me, to the people that I recognize, appreciate, value. It's a gift that is received by those people. But as I give the gift of gratitude, I am gifting myself at the same time. Gratitude is one of those spiritual experiences or notions like love. As you give it away, you receive it. As you give the gift, the gift grows, and there is more and more of it. There is no such thing as a zero-sum game when it comes to gratitude. So the idea in our spiritual lives, in the idea, the idea for our psychological well-being, for our material well-being, for our relationships, for our consciousness, the consciousness with which we move through our lives, the idea is to continuously give the gift of gratitude to others and at the same time to ourselves. When we have birthdays or special occasions, Christmas, we spend a lot of time, a lot of money looking for physical gifts to give. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Most of the time we're enjoying it. We enjoy the giving and we enjoy seeing people happy to receive. But far greater and far deeper than those material gifts are those moments when we can give someone gratitude. People are hungry, long for, need to be seen. People need to be recognized. People need to be valued. People need to know that they are appreciated, that the things that they do make a difference, and that you are grateful for those things. So gratitude encompasses all of that, that ability to see someone, recognize who and what they are, what they are doing, to, to say thank you for the many gifts that they bring with their work, with their efforts. And most of all, to just appreciate them, to be grateful just for them, for who and what they are. So that is the gift of gratitude that we give to others. 
And as we give the gift of gratitude, we ourselves are gifted. And that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to look at today. Sometimes we think that everything has to be going well in our lives, that everything needs to be in order, that our life is relatively comfortable, that we are surrounded by the people that we love, that our jobs are fulfilling. Sometimes we think that our life has to be good and we have to be happy with our lives and what is taking place in order to be grateful. When actually the opposite is true, that when we are grateful, we start bringing our lives into order. We start appreciating what we have. And the happiness follows the gratitude. I don't know whose quotation this is, but I really like it. So I'm sharing it with you. It says that it's not happiness that brings us gratitude. It's gratitude that brings us happiness. And in, in this book, he shares research findings and basically tells us in many different ways how gratitude enriches our lives. He's not the only one who's done this research. His research is supported by many other research studies. So what we know that in terms of gratitude's impact on our health, if we have a practice of gratitude, if we live in a consciousness of gratefulness, we develop stronger immune systems or better immune systems. People who are grateful tend to have fewer stress-related diseases. And most of our diseases are stress-related. People who are grateful or hold a consciousness of gratitude have less aches and pains. They have more restful sleep. And they tend to have lower blood pressure. So in terms of health, gratitude by itself could put many doctors out of business, it seems like, if we were all living in this consciousness of gratitude. Gratitude and happiness or well-being. Gratitude tends to increase joy and happiness. It tends to improve relationships. And it tends to decrease depression. And then gratitude and our success in our lives, our effectiveness. People who are grateful, who tend to live in a consciousness of gratitude, tend to have more achievements, and they're much more likely to reach their goals. So gratitude creates a positive effect from many different directions. So it is well worth developing this consciousness of gratitude, and we do this by practicing gratitude. And there are many, many different practices for gratitude. Some of the common ones are saying thank you, writing thank you, taking time to reflect on what's good. People count 
say that's counting our blessings, writing about those good things, journaling about them. There's a process in psychology called reframing, and that's a practice of taking what we see in our lives, what we perceive, the things we think about throughout the day, and seeing them in a brand new way. Seeing the good in them, not just the challenges. Seeing the opportunities. Noticing the one nice quality about that person who generally just irks you. And you can focus on that one good quality. So reframing is just this willingness to see brand new, or if you will, to see through the eyes of God, to see through the divine. In unity, we have a practice of seeing the Christ in people. So if you're seeing a person seeing the Christ, seeing the light in them, and dropping that old habitual way of seeing that circumstance or seeing um, that person. When I was in high school, when I was a teenager, a friend of mine said that whenever she and her boyfriend were in the car, if there was a red light, it was an opportunity to kiss. So they both looked forward to red lights. They saw them brand new in a different way. A gratitude practice is making gratitude lists. And that just helps remind people of the things that are there to be grateful for especially when the list encourages, the list-making encourages the person to find one new thing to be grateful for each day. Prayer and meditation can open us up to gratitude because through prayer and meditation, we open up our consciousness to that divine presence. We open up our consciousness for that ability to see brand new, that willingness to do things differently, to see things differently. These are practices that allow us to strengthen our ability to be grateful. But you know, sometimes it's much easier than others to be grateful. Sometimes it's much easier to do these practices than other times. Sometimes in my um, work as a minister and before as a psychologist, I would talk to people who were going through tremendous losses or horrible challenges, things that were frightening or things that made them feel alone or saddened. And in the midst of those experiences, it can be difficult. It can be difficult to find a way to be grateful. And there is a man, Rory Ledbetter, he has given TED Talks. Professionally, he is a coach. He is a coach for performers, public speakers, and in his personal life, he was struggling with a horrible addiction that was destroying his life. It was a gambling addiction. 
And in the process of overcoming this addiction, in the process of rebuilding his life after he had essentially shattered anything that was good in it, he developed this technique of capturing a moment of gratitude in the midst of what overall felt like a horrific experience. And he talks about it as the hidden power in a breath of gratitude. And if you're interested, you can go to TED Talks, put in his name, or put in the name of this particular talk, the hidden power in a breath of gratitude. And you can listen to what he has to say about it. The TED Talk was first given in 2017. But in this TED Talk, he talks about using a practice of connective flow. And I'll read the steps, and then we'll talk about the practice a little bit. The steps are first to release your breath, second to inhale through the nose, to relax your body for a split second or for a brief moment, be grateful, and then repeat the practice. And what he talks about is when life is difficult, we tend to hold our breath. Our breath becomes constricted. And when our breath is constricted, when we're not breathing deeply, if there is any anxiety there, it gets worse. When our breath is constricted, when we're, our body is not able to take full deep breaths easily, any depression or discouragement that is there feels much bigger because we feel powerless in the face of it. If we're not breathing deeply, any loss we may be feeling can feel so much more hurtful, so much more overwhelming. And he discovered that as he was on his own healing journey. And so when he says, release your breath, he discovered that when he sighed, and all of us know how to sigh, just let out a nice, long, loud sigh if you're by yourself. He suggests making that sigh be silent because there will be times when you're not by yourself and it's easier to do this when people are not staring. So you release your breath the way you would with a sigh. If you're alone, go ahead and sigh nice and loud because it allows you to release your breath even better. And then after the sigh, instead of taking a deep breath, allow your body on its own naturally to take in the next breath through your nose. And as you do that, allow your body to relax. It will naturally tend to relax as you're doing this. And in that moment, when you feel relaxation, bring to mind someone or something for which you can be grateful in that moment. Not forever in a day, not for the rest of the week, but just in that moment, something that can bring up within you a feeling of gratitude. 
And it can be the same thing, the same person, time after time. It might be your cat, your dog, your grandchild, someone you love dearly, or maybe a beautiful painting, a location. For me, a beach brings up gratitude. I love being out on a long, deserted stretch of beach. Whatever it is, whatever image that you can hold if just for a split second as you're breathing that opens your heart to that feeling of gratitude, allow that moment of gratitude, and then release your breath. Repeat this process as often or as many times as you can in the given situation. What he found in his own life and what he later tested with some small experiments is that this practice opened up the heart to greater happiness, to greater well-being, to a sense of possibility and whatever it was that was so overwhelming in the moment that he began this for a moment, for a few moments, there was a reprieve. And in that reprieve, there was the hint of hope. And in that hint of hope came possibilities. And as he repeated this, he noticed that that sense of being crushed and destroyed slowly dissipated. And that sense of hope and possibilities, that possibility of happiness again began to grow. We have a practice that's often been taught in Unity churches called HeartMath. HeartMath Institute developed a process for opening the heart and creating coherence in the body where the, the way that the heart beats is rhythmic and it falls in line with the rhythm of the changes of our breathing as we breathe in and breathe out. The rhythm of the heart opening aligns with the rhythm of changes in our blood pressure. And this alignment is called coherence in the HeartMath Institute languaging. And this coherence brings about physical health and it improves well-being. It opens us up to joy. I was very much reminded of the HeartMath method because one of the key features is to hold in our minds for a little while someone or something that we have deep appreciation. So same idea, that momentary holding in our hearts something that we're grateful for. Even in the midst of challenge or pain, sadness, fear, disappointment, this can be a very powerful, powerful practice. According to Rory Ledbetter, gratitude opens our breath and reduces the experience of stress, even as it opens us up to happiness and well-being.
There's another author named Cheryl Russell. She's written articles in Unity Magazine, and she's also uh, written a book called Thank You-ology. She also writes about a, a similar type of practice. She was also going through um, situations that were painful. She talked about physical injuries, and in one particular injury, somehow she, she was injured in the face. I don't, I don't remember quite how it happened, but she described tremendous pain around her face, her nose, her eyes. And instead of denying the pain or rushing to do something about it, she spent a few moments simply being thankful for her face, for her eyes, for her nose, all of the parts of her face that had been injured. She just spent moments being grateful for each part of her face that was injured. She said that this happened in the evening. She went to bed pretty soon after that. And in the morning, there were no bruises, there was no swelling, there was no pain. The place that was injured was completely healed. She later repeated it with other injuries that would happen. One was her foot. And again, instead of panicking, instead of getting lost in the pain, she spent some moments simply being thankful for that part of her body, appreciating it. And once again, by the next morning, any sign of injury was gone. So she writes about this. And what I was thinking when I was reading her article was about our co-founder, Myrtle Fillmore. Myrtle Fillmore uh, was lived in the, toward the second half of the 19th century and the first half of the 20th century. And when she was growing up and she, when she was a young woman, she was told repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly that she was sickly, that her body was ill, that she had a disease from which she would never recover, that she would lead a very short and sickly life, that there would be many, many things that she wouldn't be able to do. And then one day she had one of those moments of awakening, an epiphany. She was listening to a spiritual lecture, and in her mind she realized with these words that she realized, I am a child of God, and I do not inherit an illness. And she claimed the truth that she was this child of God, that her life was an expression of the perfect life of God. And she spent the next two years every day going into her room, praying, meditating, and she would spend time loving and appreciating her body. She would say, forgive me for ever thinking you were sickly. And she would focus on different parts of her body. 
and know the truth that she was a child of God. And then she would appreciate and value each part of her body. Her words were, I went to all of the life centers in my body and spoke words of truth to them. And they were words of truth and appreciation. And Myrtle Fillmore healed from this incurable illness. She lived a very long, healthy, and active life. She was the co-founder of the Unity Movement, so she's affected many, many, many people as a result of what she learned and what she taught. And all of this is tied in with the power of gratitude. Gratitude that has the power to heal and make us whole. Gratitude that uh, allows us to be seen, to be recognized, to be acknowledged, to be appreciated. Gratitude that helps us interrupt some of the painful times of our lives with those moments of gratitude that open us up to other possibilities. So gratitude is truly a gift. And Thomas Merton, one of our modern-day mystics, said, to be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything. I like the way he put that, and if that is true, which I believe it is, it explains the power of gratitude, and it explains why gratitude is such an amazing gift that we give to others and the gift that we give to ourselves. And so it is. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.com dot org.